The views and opinions expressed on Caffeine and Sarcasm are that of the host and guests alone and are not to be associated with any law enforcement agency or any other entity. Caffeine and Sarcasm could be considered explicit, so listener discretion is advised. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Barbells and Badges. If you are tired of wearing the same clothes over and over again to the gym, look no further than Barbells and Badges. They have excellent designs for t-shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, headbands, hats, you name it, they've got it. Check them out now at www.barbellsandbadges.com. Use code CAMPBELL. It'll save you a little bit of money on your checkout. And I'll tell you what, if you want to support law enforcement, fire, military, this is the company to go through. Barbells and Badges, we train for our lives. You're now listening to Caffeine and Sarcasm with your host, Logan Campbell. So buckle up and brew a cup because here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Caffeine and Sarcasm. My name is Logan Campbell, and I'm grateful that you're here. Today, I wanted to thank you for all the support that I've gotten so far on this this crazy journey. I know I've only been doing it since October, but this has been so much fun, and I'm getting so much out of it personally, and I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting me on that. Uh, those of you that have you know helped me out with either sharing the show or leaving five-star reviews or written reviews on Apple Podcasts, I can't thank you enough because that helps my show reach more people. And, and I'm so grateful for everyone that has helped me out uh, throughout all this process. I'm having a great time, and I really want to see this show continue. I want to build it, and I want to make it even better. I, I actually just bought a mixer the other day, and it's got a whole bunch of random sounds on it like that <laughs> that I can put in here now which is kind of fun. I can also program some sounds in there. And, you know, I'm really trying. I'm trying to put some some effort into this. I want it to be as high quality as possible for everybody. So if you have any suggestions on uh, what you would like the show to be, um, you know, let me know. Don't be afraid to send me a message on, on you know, either email, uh, ofccampbell182 at outlook.com, or hit me up on TikTok at Caffeine and Sarcasm, or on Instagram, which is where the majority of you are from, I'm sure at Officer Campbell 182. Um, I appreciate all the feedback and everything that I can get because I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going flying on a wing and a prayer here and not knowing exactly what I'm doing. So, but I'm, I'm having fun with it. And you know what? That's all that really matters to me. Um, so I'm going to pay some bills here. Uh, if you want me to talk about your product or your company on my podcast, I'd be happy to. Just let me know what it is and what you want me to say. Send me a message, send me an email. We can work something out. And you can have a commercial running on my podcast where thousands of people are listening to it. Um, yes, it's only thousands right now. Don't uh, don't make fun of me. So <laughs> now that uh, now that we have done that, um, taken care of, taken care taking care of the housekeeping. Um, let me introduce my next guest, which you guys already know. You have heard him for every episode since uh, the beginning of this year. Uh, his name is Hus Ragip. He did my intro, he did my music and everything. He does the boxing announcements. 
all the way from the United Kingdom. He's my first international guest. I'm very excited to have him on. We had a great conversation. You guys are going to freaking love his Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. I was rolling when I was editing this and, and everything. It's, it's such a good time. So um, here's my interview with Huss. All right, everybody, welcome back to Caffeine and Sarcasm. With me today, I'm very excited. We've been trying to put this together for a little while, um, and our schedules finally have lined up. I have the infamous, the one and only Huss Ragip. I can't do the announcer voice like you can. <laughs> welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hailing all the way from the United Kingdom. This is very exciting. Yeah, yeah, man. You're my first international guest. Oh, man, that's a pleasure, man. I'm glad to be the first one, man. Glad to be the first one. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Now, I see you got your, like, little sound booth set up there. That's that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, – it took me a little while to put together. I've got it's, – it's just the spare bedroom, um, and I just managed to put some soundproofing, some acoustics in um, to help get better sound quality when i'm mixing sound in music or when, yeah. when i'm recording vocals but yeah yeah I, I just picked up a mixer not too long ago and like i realized because i have to there's an old refrigerator behind me and it when the compressor kicks on it is so loud my microphones will pick up the sound oh, well, so yeah. I, I i typically will unplug it while i'm recording you know and then plug it back in but this mixer i have has a uh you know a noise cancellation on oh, it that's awesome and yeah i didn't realize the difference so i recorded just like a 10 minute thing the other day with it for the first time and i was like holy cow the sound difference is just outrageously different it's crazy yeah it was, the amount of stuff you can do with it man i mean when the the acoustics i've got for for mixing sound like as in music it's perfect but if i'm recording off my microphone you still hear a bit of the noise so i go and get the the duvet <laughs> i put it over <laughs> my mic and over my head and then that makes a huge difference if i'm doing yeah voiceover work for clients and stuff definitely yeah i had uh, when i first i think my first two episodes of this i stuck a a wool cap over my microphone because I didn't have a pop stopper or anything. So it was right. like, I got to put, I know I got to put something on there to dampen the sound. Cause you know, you get too crispy in the S's and the T's or yeah. too many P's and it'll come, <laughs> come through. Yeah, man. So I know that uh, we we've talked before about how this whole voice thing got started. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to put in the audio from your train announcements in this before it all starts so okay. you know then people will have an idea of what it's like but you essentially would would announce the plat the trains coming to the platforms yeah and, yeah yeah and do it as a boxing announcer how, how did that come about um well <clears throat> thing is like working for for the london underground and dlr it was Track. it was only a year so I, I i only joined for a year but i was only there for about four months i think and then but during the training we had to go through like i think like four weeks of training 
I believe yeah, it was about a month of training, like a lot of classroom stuff and a lot of revision and exams. But I remember there was one lesson where the the subject covered um, doing personalised announcements and, and about using the PA system. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one PowerPoint slide where I remember my trainer clicked on and he said, um, you can do personalised announcements if um if you know if you are still getting the information across as long as you're not <laughs> as long as you're not being as long as you're not swearing talking yeah. about religion or uh <laughs> what was the other one there was the third one it was yeah whether you're not swearing talking about religion and, and political views and stuff like oh that. yeah yeah basically the three things that you don't want to talk about with new people (laughs) yeah basically so they said if you're not doing any of those things um then yeah they go they're all for it so um so then obviously i was known from like with my friends and family for doing an arnold schwarzenegger impression so um and I, oh, start... I forgot. I forgot you did that. We we got to do that. <laughs> um, hopefully, my throat, my throat can take it. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, but you're gonna um, give me the coronavirus over the airwaves here. Uh, no, no corona. <laughs> it's just a little cold I caught from my kid. Um, but then I started it on because where where I was at Bank Station, uh, that was like um, that was on part of the line where it was like a final stop. So so the, the train will come in to Bank Station from Platform 9, go into the tunnel and do a U-turn. No, sorry, Platform 10. Go into a tunnel, do a U-turn and come back out on Platform 9 and then go off for the, yeah. into the rest of London. And that's, you guys call it the tube, right? Uh, the tube, yeah, we called the normal trains tube, uh, underground oh, okay. trains, but the DLR, we just called it DLR trains because it is essentially a tube and then it comes out and becomes an overground train. It was like a, oh, it was like a mix of both okay. worlds. Um, and, you know, they're like an independent company with TFL, so something along okay. those lines. So yeah. then I started doing Arnold on Platform Ten because that's where the train <laughs> terminates here, you know. So I, started, <laughs> so, so I started doing that, and then I was getting um some reactions, and then like during the morning peaks, I was like, um, you know, well, like just talking normally, I was like, welcome everyone to Platform, no, to London Bank Station. Five more days to go till Friday. We can get through this, you know. And I just, yeah. I'm talking packed of people and like loads. Yeah. Of, like I was bringing smiles to people's faces, you know, and like people um, were even coming up to me saying, "You really made my morning. Thank you." You know, that's awesome. That's that's what it was about. You know, that's that's all it was about. I went anything I did on the trains wasn't to 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 get famous or or to to get um, you know the the news like eyes all watching me or nothing like that at all. It was just right. I just wanted to make the passengers day a better a better day because everyone's all like they always most people look miserable in the mornings going to work. Right. I wanted to well, yeah. put put smiles <laughs> on people's faces. And then <clears throat> and then so then when I'm on platform nine, that's where trains are leaving. 
And then I don't know, man, something, I was just chilling with one of my colleagues and then we were just like talking and this and that. And then it weren't that busy. And then I started just like messing about with with the PA. I started still doing Arnold, you know, stay behind the yellow line for your safety. You don't want to get terminated here. You know, <laughs> some people got it, some people didn't, you know, because some people looking like, what's that? And then some people going, yeah, yeah that's great, man. <laughs> that's great that's gold you know i see i see some people doing that you know and then um but then i thought what can grab everyone's attention you know yeah so i was just like you know half the people listening on headphones people looking at their phone like that do you know how many times you'll be surprised how many times i did a normal announcement so um ladies and gentlemen this is the lewisham train calling it cutty sark greenwich and whatever other station i can't even remember anymore and as soon as I finish, someone comes up to me and goes, sorry, is this the Lewisham train? Yeah, of I, course. I just, yeah. I just said it, like, literally a second ago on the whole big yeah. system, and they still come and ask you, you know. So then... Um, they're too I involved thought, in themselves, bro. They're, yeah. they're not listening to you. You know, it will surprise you. Um, but then I thought, you know what, let's, let's, let's come up with something that will grab everyone's attention. As soon as the voice came on, everyone knew what time it was, you know. Yeah. So then I just thought, you know, what can I do? And then I remember I was having, uh, when I had a shower and I was, I was um, I practice voices in the shower. <laughs> I know it sounds Well, weird. yeah, it's, that's what everybody does, right? Yeah, man. Um, you have your shower beer, your shower cigar, and you practice voices. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so then I remember I, I've never done like a Michael Buffer sort of boxing voice before, but I remember when I was in the shower, I just went, oh, let's get ready to rumble. And I thought, shit, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so I was like, man, I, I didn't even know I could do that one. And then, um, so then it like sort of come to my mind. I thought, all right, let's, let's, let's do like a boxing, like let's introduce the train coming as a, a heavyweight champ, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, all right, what where I'm on platform nine. So right, this train's fighting out of the platform nine corner, you know. And then um and then my mate goes, How much I go, we need to figure out how much it weighs. I go, I don't know, I don't know how much it weighs, probably about six hundred tons, even though I might be well <laughs> off. I just go, fuck it, it sounds good, you know. <laughs> so we call it six hundred tons, you know, of pure steel. And um so then um then I just started doing it. It took me about two hours to perfect the final speech yeah into doing it and then it was just like um um so i'd go um i don't I quite remember how i even started it but yeah i'll go to all dlr fans and to the millions <laughs> traveling around the world it's showtime <laughs> and then everyone's like going mad like looking around all the heads are coming up off their phones people yeah pulling ear, ear, uh, earphones out and then everyone's looking around and then um then i used to time it because when the train goes on platform 10 it used to go on these tracks and make like a knocking sound and i used to count nine knocks so in my head i'll hear it so it would be like tuk, tuk, tuk. so i'll hear, I'll hear <laughs> nine as soon as it's done nine i know now it's time to start the intro and then it, when i introduce it it will come in perfectly on time <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah there was a lot of thought process behind it yeah but yeah man that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I, I was i was watching the video and it was like i think it was the first one and then like 
there's a whole bunch of other ones because everybody was like, oh, we got to go listen to Hust introduce the train. There's like, do you know what? It, it got to a point where it was breaching health and safety regulations. And <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Do you know how many people were coming and saying, are you going to do the announcement? Are you going to do the announcement? Seriously? Yeah, man. And I'm like, I just came off there, like, because we take turns, like, to yeah. cover, because then we've got to do security checks every hour and stuff like that. Um, but then I was just like, you know, I just come off there and then they're like, man, do you know how far we've come to see you do this? And, and they're not even here really? to take a train. They've all come down. And, and where I was at Bank Station is the basement, the bottomest basement of the whole station. And that station's massive. It's really big. You've got um, Central Line, District Line all upstairs and Northern Line upstairs. So there was like four or five different lines that went into Bank Station, but we're at the basement bottom. So if anything goes wrong, any like evacuation has to happen, we're stuck at the lowest, you know? Yeah. And then during peak times, it was crazy, man. It was like 300 people on a platform every seven minutes. You know, Good it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So then loads of people come in and then they're just like, man, we come to see you do the announcement. They're not even here to take a train. So now they're taking up space. <laughs> it's getting overcrowded. And the company didn't really do nothing to take safety measures as well, you know. Yeah. I was just like, look, man, like something's got a happen here you know because yeah it's, it's getting it's like it's a risk assessment you've got a risk assess you know and it's like getting a bit ridiculous and all i'm getting is oh you're doing so well keep it up which is good obviously i weren't complaining but but yeah man that's that's how it went from there that's crazy and i just so, getting emails and, and messages my phone blew up it went viral it was crazy, it was crazy. yeah well that and that was the thing that i came across the video of you on like good morning or something on the BBC oh, this morning. Yeah. I went on there. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. That, that I, I had, uh, I talked about it before on a, a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I've went on uh, MTV's TRL. I don't know if you remember that way back in the day. Um, MTV, but yeah, the, uh, the production that goes behind something like that, something live television is just insane. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I yeah. mean, like that day was crazy because I did. I remember the Addison Lee uh, car coming to pick me up from my house seven in the morning to go to ITV studios to do this morning. Then whilst I was there, I'm getting messages from Sky News saying, hi, can you come today to do an interview at Sky News at two o'clock? No kidding. So I, this is even before my this morning interview, and I'm already getting Sky News asking me. And then, um, then I was speaking with a, a BBC radio um, producer, Sammy, I think his name was, and he um, he was the producer of Ricky Melvin and Charlie's um, radio show on BBC One. Um, <clears throat> and then he arranged with me seven o'clock that night so that was just one insane day so i went itv this morning <laughs> and from there they they booked an uber straight to sky uh, news studios then from there i went home got changed well i went to uh, my cousins at the time because i lived a bit far my wife came with my clothes to her to his house and then i went and then got my clothes then me and my wife got dropped off to the station then we took the tube up to central london to do the bbc radio 
Did they let you do the announcement at the train? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> when you they, took it? they had a <laughs> as well. They had a, the radio one was cool because they had a. No, I mean when you were riding the train, when you took the tube up, did they let you do the announcement? Uh, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> think no one realized who I was on. Like it was a different line. It was uh, part of um, the Piccadilly line, so it wasn't the <laughs> DLR. But um, but yeah, man. And then then it, that was a crazy day, but it was awesome. Yeah, you know it's funny. I used to. My first job when I was 15, my dad said, go out and get a job. And I'm like, all right, I'll go out and get a job. And I started working at Dairy Queen, which I don't know. I don't know if they have those in the UK, honestly. Um, I've never heard of it. It's an ice cream shop, essentially. Okay. Um, and I would work the drive through And, right. you know, we didn't have head headsets or anything. It was just a push button talk system. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, people would roll up and it would beep and then you push to talk and you'd you know, say, hey, welcome to Dairy Queen or whatever. What can I get you? And they would tell you. Well, it came to the point where on some days you'd be so bored that I, I would start doing voices. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you get to a point where you realize that they don't care what you are saying. So yeah. they'd roll up and I'd literally just go, Ugh, and they'd be like, yeah, can I get an ice cream cone? And, then, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, I could do anything. Thing, yeah, so yeah. people would people would roll up and I'd do Arnold. I'd be like, welcome to Dairy Queen. Can I get you something, you know? And they'd be like, they wouldn't even notice. Yeah, like, they, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't even notice. So I would do Stallone. Hey, yo, welcome to Dairy Queen. Yo, just come in. It was yeah, like, yeah. they just come on up and yeah. <laughs> like, they that, wouldn't even notice. It was great. That actually reminds me. I worked at, um, I worked at a company called Leyland SDM. It's a paint hardware shop. And I used to do... Um, Arnold back then and Jack Sparrow and other voices. Oh, yeah. And then there was a quiet period where we were completely like, there weren't no customers. And then um, we was all talking and I was doing like pranks and stuff, like voice pranks. And then my manager goes, all right, next customer that comes in, serve them as Arnold. And I was <laughs> like, all right, cool. So then this one um, Chinese guy comes in, but he was a builder. Oh, no. he, had, he had all the building gear on. And I went, hi, how can I help you? And he goes, I need a silicon gun. Them guys already started pissing themselves laughing because <laughs> what a thing to come in and ask for. Out of everything in the whole shop, he asked for a silicon gun. <laughs> so it's like, come with me. I go, they're here. I go, right, we got the $4.99 cheap one here. And then we got the $6.99 expensive one here. So he goes, oh, okay. And they're all, they're all dying at the back. They're all dying at the back, yeah. And then after he goes, okay, I'll take this one. I go, okay. He goes, um, he goes, and I need the silicon. I go, right, you got clear, you got white, and you got beige here. And he goes, oh, yeah, I need white one. I go, okay, yeah, take the white one. Then after he goes, how do you use it? <laughs> so, then, so then I go, right. Because you press on this bit here, you clock it back, you load in the silicon. Now you're strapped and road is ready to kill motherfuckers. I'm going to... <laughs> he started pissing himself. Even he started laughing. And then after we sold it to him, and then that was great, man. Just that was, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, man. plasma rifle in 40 watt range. <laughs> yes, come on, do it. I'm here. Kill me. <laughs> that is that is epic. I, I used to, you know, like when I started doing Arnold, because I, I don't do it very often because I'm not I don't have the bass. It just right, yeah. my voice just doesn't have it. So it I'm more like a younger Arnold. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Conan. Conan. You know, when, yeah, yeah. yeah. When people can get that 
that perfect it just it cracks me up every time like I have uh I've been doing recently I don't know why I've been watching these old promos from the WWE you know like Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage and you know, when he, it was when it was WWF yeah yeah when it was WWF, WWF yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know when it was like if you watch Randy Macho Man, Randy Savage, that dude was on cocaine like 100% of the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah one, there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and he used to do that in a one, two, three. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's this one promo where he's sitting there talking with, uh, oh, the, the guy, um, Mean Gene. Oh, you mean know, the Gene guy with Oakland. the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mean, mean Gene. Gene and he's like, oh, yeah, Mean Gene. The cream always rises to the top. And he's pulling these, like, little cups of creamer out of his hand and giving it to Mean Gene. And he's, like, he's making these faces. He's like, oh, yeah, a big cup of coffee in the big time. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the golden ages of wrestling. Oh, my God. Those man. were the it's, golden ages. It cracks me up. That one and when him and hulk hogan like joined forces oh, right, and they yeah. like you know they can't shake hands we don't know what's gonna happen brother oh yeah you know <laughs> like it's just those are the best intensity days. man just cracks me up those were awesome but, days you know when, when i guess you know when my voice is a little bit more warmed up i could i can do a pretty good randy savage it's there's uh yeah, there's some, some some skill level to it yeah standard <laughs> he uh there's this guy I know we were talking about TikTok the other night. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There are so many voice impressionists on there. It's it's absolutely insane. I need to like, get into it more. Dude, like in like those videos that I sent you, that one yeah. guy's the, the voice actor, there are people that just do impressions. There's this one dude that does Patrick Starr and, you know, from SpongeBob. Okay. And the, people will just send him like uh, phrases to say. So I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, we could blow up Huss. And just have I could just send him funny things to say in the Arnold voice or whatever you know just yeah, no, things that Arnold that. wouldn't say yeah, yeah, like <laughs> like the Patrick Star ones are hilarious because he's like you know they'll have him say a SpongeBob line and and then add well shit behind it or something <laughs> and it's just it's absolutely insane I'll have to send you the videos but there are like it, it's so saturated with all these people there's so much talent out there so much hidden talent that people need to see it. And I was like, is, if Huss isn't on TikTok showing these people what he can do, I was like, I got to get him on there. And I'm, I'm glad yeah, that you're man. already on there. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely need to to, to jump on it hard and do, do it properly, man. It's just like, yeah. I'm not I'm not that educated on TikTok. Do you know what I mean? So like, I'm not either. So like, if I had some like, like if you could help me with some input on it, then I'll, yeah, man. I'll be down to do it. Yeah, man, 100%. Dude, I, I'm still it. learning. I mean, it's, you know, a buddy of mine, told me to to start it because you know he was you know have you ever listened to gary v the he's a business entrepreneur like speaker maybe i might have recognized his voice I'm, if I yeah I'm, I'm sure you've seen him or, or heard him he talks about he's like if you're if you're producing content and you're not on either linkedin or tiktok he's like you're missing out on the potential of millions more people to reach so right. a buddy of mine was like he was like dude just just start one for the podcast. Like, you know, you could reach more people and, you know, one of your videos could blow up and then your podcast gets a whole bunch more listens or whatever. And I'm like, all right, bet, bet, let's do it. So he showed me kind of what to do with it because when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's just like 15 year olds. I don't really want to see that. 
And he was like, no, you can click uninterested. So it'll filter out the the twerking and all that crap that I don't really care about and give me stuff right. that I want. It's okay. It's see, awesome. I didn't I didn't know that. See, yeah, that was another reason why I didn't jump on it too much. You know. Yeah, that was that was why I avoided it. I was like, I felt like a pedophile. Like this is gross. You know, but there's a you can click uninterested and it'll stop sending you that stuff. Right. So okay. I mean, dude, it, we we'll we'll get you running on there yeah, and, man, and it'll blow up. I'll, I'll look forward to that, man. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Are you still doing the boxing announcements? Yeah, I got um, I got one show in April happening, which is um, a Warren Boxing Management show. Uh, Bobby Warren uh, spoke to me about it. Apparently, it might be on Eurosport, so it'll be televised. Okay. Um, and then um, there's will a, that be in person or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be in the ring. I should be in the ring by then. It should do. It should all be fine. If not, I mean, like I've done a behind closed doors show up in Liverpool uh, yeah. during the the first lockdown ish sort of time. Um, I'll just be on the stage somewhere else, yeah. or like out of the ring and with the microphone and stuff. So like, I've, now, I've, I've done. Do they have? Door. Yeah. Do they have an audience? Uh, behind closed doors, no. Just it was only um, the corner men of the fighters and. Um, and and just the uh, the people filming it for 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 their content basically and and the promoters yeah. and and all the officials from the boxing board were there. That was about it, really. Yeah. Are they going to have an audience in April or? Well, hopefully, still- hopefully, I, I think um, soon they'll be allowing um, crowds like like small amount of crowds back into sporting events. So it should, yeah. it should be happening. And then um, uh, there's a potential other show from um you know there's a there's dylan white fighting pavetkin happening soon i think it's this yeah. weekend yeah dylan white's brother contacted me the other day um he, he's starting up a boxing show and, and asked if i could MC it and i was like yeah oh, man, sweet i'm looking forward to that so yeah yeah man yeah, yeah i'm still you know i've renewed my boxing li- uh, mc license with the board so yeah i'm still active in in the boxing just waiting for more shows to to happen really covid's really yeah. put a hard dent into that but waiting just, for just, the world to open back yeah, up yeah basically so just being patient but yeah still boxing mc and man yeah man definitely who's one person that you would love to announce mike tyson oh yeah 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 mike tyson fighting did you watch Cats that fight in new york he's wearing <laughs> the black trunks black shoes no socks <laughs> you know what I mean? I love Iron Mike Tyson. Yeah. Be, yeah, man. Mike Tyson. I think the best part about Mike Tyson, and a, a lot of people don't, I, maybe they didn't pay attention or maybe it was just a vibe that he put off, but his intro music was one note. Yeah. It was, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there was, there's so much power behind that because he he talks about once he entered the, the arena not even the ring once he entered the arena he never took his eyes off of his opponent and just having that one solid note it was like oh my gosh it's impending doom coming at me like this is yeah this is horrible you know what (laughs) from doing stuff like that i truly believe it a lot of his opponents were already psychologically beaten yeah definitely 100 percent. yeah there's i like the uh hurricane mcneely Remember that yeah, fight? Yeah, 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 Peter you know, I'm yeah. From Minfield, Mass. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 
And he goes and he gets his ass kicked in like 40 so seconds. Is, yeah, he goes, this is for my grandmothers. Yeah. My fathers. And wait, 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 wait. And Snubby. <laughs> snubby. Now <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've watched that a million times. But he does say though, he goes, wait, he goes, any of you lot were up against it. He goes, you put a, have a big dump in your pants. Yeah, you have know? a big dump in your pants. So yes. like, you know, that's, that's fair play to him. You know, yeah, did, I mean, you know. He did his best. Yeah, man. You know, but uh, he was just he just wasn't up for the the challenge of of Tyson. And he's he's lucky that went in the prime Mike Eva. Oh yeah, you know that I mean? was yeah because that, that was, was after after, after, after prison. prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was actually in uh, Indiana State Prison. Oh really? That's the state that I live in. Oh wow. He was he was housed here. Yeah, oh, which is kind of cool. You know, small world, I guess. Yeah, man. Um. So you you live in London or just outside or I I I was born and raised in London Islington which is and I lived right basically next door to the Arsenal football club stadium Oh okay and um and my dad had a kebab shop there for 15 years No um, kidding Yeah man um so yeah, I was born and raised in London and lived in London. The house I live in now is just like literally five minute drive out of North London, basically. Wow. I'd love to go back. I, I when I was in, I went when I was like 13 to the UK and oh, wow. where, I didn't, did you, where did you go? I went everywhere. I went to, to England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales. Oh, wow. I mean, we, Man, we did the whole trip. Yeah, oh, you, it was uh, to more places than me. <laughs> yeah i uh i loved scotland and ireland it was just absolutely amazing beautiful countryside you know the rich history behind it um but when i got to london i was kind of disappointed it was really touristy yeah but you know maybe it's because i was 13 and you know i i wanted i expected the pip pip cheerio hello you know all that and you just didn't get it you know it just that's all gone man yeah, it's all gone. So yeah, I'd I'd love to go back and just you know and really experience it as an adult. You know, sit down and have a Guinness at oh you know, yeah. At a pub if and... you come, man, just just hit me up. I'll take you to oh, amazing places, man. Yeah. Well, we got to go to you know it was a a a tour. It was with EF Tours. I don't even know if they're still in business. Um, but we 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 got to go to different castles and everything, and we went to Yorkshire, England. Oh right, yeah. Which which they asked us, they were like, hey, do you know what candy is made in Yorkshire, England? And I'm thinking, the York peppermint patty. Do you know what, what candy's made there? No. The Kit Kat bar. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I was, did. Yeah, I was like, I didn't expect that at all. But, you know, because they're you, know, you expect it to be the York peppermint patty. Nope, Kit Kat bar. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that, man. Of all things. But, that's yeah, awesome. definitely. If I, if I ever end up in the UK, I'll... I'll be like, hey, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Always welcome here, man. Definitely. It'd be fun. Um, I know we had talked before about you potentially being in a movie. Is that something you can discuss? Or because I know they've stopped filming. Yeah, well, basically, production's done. No, nah, basically, what happened was when we went into tier four. I got the email saying um, you're gonna you're gonna be required to take two COVID tests now, but everything's still happening. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. 
you know so then um so it was all good i was really properly self-isolating at home like i didn't even go to out to do food shopping my wife was mm. going like I didn't want to take the risk um so like, I remember I was home six days and I had three days left to go and then I got the email saying that um that this scene's been postponed and mm. will likely recommence two months down the line which is now March um and uh when we hear further updates of when we hear real confirmation on the dates, we'll let you know. And <clears throat> I was like, I was a bit heartbroken because I was like really yeah. waiting for it. Um, but ain't heard nothing on that side. But then they put me forward for another role. Okay. Same movie. Um, more days filming. I, I, I accepted it. So now it goes through to production and they choose whether or not um to to cast you but i didn't get that but then they stated at the bottom of the email do not accept if you've already been filmed or in this production i haven't been filmed but i've already been cast as something already yeah so as that's what i believe i didn't get it and they were filming for a from the 1st of February to the 15th of March, that sequence, you know? Yeah. And um, so that should be wrapped up now. And hopefully I'm just waiting to hear the other dates for, for yeah. the original scene that I was casted for. So just waiting, just waiting. Well, hopefully, you know, I, I don't want to say it because I know that you did yeah, said that, you I know, mean, we I would, really... I, would, I would love to say it and talk about it. I mean, as soon as the filming done, um soon as you know it's all like they're wrapped up with me and got no more use for me then yeah i'll, I'll be happy to, to yeah so that'll be another conversation yeah definitely uh, it'll be another <laughs> conversation so yeah so we, we i just got to be patient on that on that side hopefully yeah. it still goes ahead that's all i'm praying for but you know i spoke with uh, a good mate of mine who um was in the film industry now he's making uh video games oh cool um, and I explained the scenario to him and he was like, no, he goes, they won't cancel the scene. They've just postponed it. So you got nothing to worry about. It's basically like a job in the bank, hopefully. And when they're ready to film it, they will just send you dates to see if you're available, if you're not on another job, you know, and then that's it really. Because this yeah. is my first time I got like casted for, for, for a big film like this. So yeah. I, I don't know how it, usually i'm usually on the other end because i do screenwriting and and stuff like that working okay with but to be cast yeah so yeah just, just you just gotta waiting. make sure that you're available yeah, yeah man so that's it yeah that's, that's something that i'm trying to do is is you know i've talked about it before i have two words for this year for myself and it was accountability and gratitude right. you know holding myself accountable for my actions and, and everything that, that goes on in my life and being grateful for everything that's going on. One thing that I've picked up on recently is, is making myself available. You know, there, there are so many times when you can be presented an opportunity and yeah. you're like, no, nah, I, you know, I, I don't have the time or, you know, that would, that would require a lot of extra work and everything. And it's like, you know, how many times have we passed up an opportunity and it exploded on, on somebody else? You know, yeah, somebody else got that opportunity. So I'm like, 
trying to make myself available to everything that I feasibly can, yeah. you know, without, without uh, creating jeopardy in my life. And so I'm sure like when, when you get the email and they're like, Hey, are you available? Damn straight. I'm available. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care whose birthday it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got to go do it because that's an amazing thing to have on my CV, you know? So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, man. What's a CV? Basically, uh, it's like a resume. A resume. Okay. So, yeah, basically like a resume. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a British slang. Yeah, it's CV like, uh... stands for curriculum vitae. I never. Oh, okay. Anything, but yeah. <laughs> stuff. It always just makes me laugh. All the different slang terms. And... There's loads. Oh my gosh! It's. And, I mean, if, you know, if, if, even if, just... if you're interested in that, I'd recommend looking up. The, the cockney accent oh yeah because they they they've created um there's like a cockney sort of language that was invented uh in prison so the security guards or the police guards didn't understand what they were saying yeah so is they, that like uh the the pikeys on no uh, no, no 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 that, that's it's that. not english it's not irish it's pikeish <laughs> <laughs> no that's 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 they're, they're they're totally different people from from like east end cockney it's um like you know they'll 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 say stuff like um oh like oh it's it's come off the sunday roast and went in so like meaning like in in the game of football like soccer it come off the post and went in but they'll call the post the sunday roast or beans on toast like, it's, it, trust me, it's, it's, there's more to it as well. Like, if you, if you yeah. look like proper Cockney, um, there, there's actually a, a, a word, I mean, um, a name for their language. I've just forgotten what it is. But, but yeah, if you no kid, yeah, it's quite cool, man. That's, that's quite cool. I've seen, uh, for some reason, I, I have been working out with, like, I just put in trap beats right. on iTunes Music. And it sends me down this road of British rappers. And yeah. the, it, it's hard enough to understand because they're using slang terms and everything. But yeah. there is some stuff I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, I like the beats or whatever, yeah, but I'm yeah. like, I don't understand what they're saying. I could translate it for you. I could translate that slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had one pulled up, I'd send it to you. <laughs> I could translate that more or less. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they, they have they've got some wild phrases. Um there was something. Oh, um, you had talked about uh you know missing birthday, you know, no matter what you would miss a birthday or whatever. Yeah. Um you and I have something in common. You used to be a police officer. Yes. Yeah, I was for four years, man, in the Met. Yeah. Yeah. What an experience what, that was. What is that like in the UK? Because I mean, obviously the police in the United States, we are of a different breed. And, um, you know, we, I think maybe it's because we deal with different things, you know, because obviously the, some of the cops in UK, they don't carry guns that, you know, the, some of I them mean, don't carry tasers. Like, basically, like, yeah, you got to get trained. So like, if you want to be a taser officer, you got to go through the training course Right. They assess you, then if you're able to, if they pass you, then you can carry a taser. 
And then uh, firearms, which is the Trojan unit, that's what they're called. Um, that's a whole different course. You know, so you like there are there are units that carry yeah. guns, but not not every police officer carries guns. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's just tradition, you know, because police started back um, with just a, a wooden baton and a whistle. And, yeah, and, Sir, and, and Sir Robert Peel. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, Peel. Yeah. The Bobbies. Yeah, that's that's all they had. So I think it was just more of a tradition thing. Then obviously, as time went on, and and violence grew to a different scale, you know, they you have to adapt to to be able to deal with it you know because at the end yeah. of the day you're you're protecting people um so they they just i think the best way they could have dealt with it was just um bringing like creating units and train them in in those fields to carry certain weapons or or, or certain things you know yeah but yeah see we i mean because i'm a taser instructor okay and you know obviously depending on the department but all all the people on my department carry tasers we all carry firearms um we we can have we have the option of carrying a baton um we have to go through a class to take it but i, I think people avoid the baton because it looks worse like mm -hmm. you know it it's just you just beating someone with a metal stick like it just it looks a lot worse than than anything and the media and uh the community here are are very against, I, I don't know if against is the word, but anytime you use any use of force, mm. they, people are screaming, oh, they should have done this. They should have done that. You know, the keyboard warriors and lawyers in the world, you know, they get, they get all about how we should have done it and everything. I guess it's confusing to me why they would have, because essentially the from what you just described for policing is is the are you familiar with the force continuum no well, what's that? essentially the force continuum is um the police officer's response to uh resistance or or to a person so you know the, the right. first level the first the force continuum is police officer presence then it's verbal and then it's you know physical and then you can step up to taser or you know pepper spray oh, yeah, yeah we got you know, the way we dealt with that was like if, if it was um like a sort of threat or anything like that we would have to make it like very verbal like stay back and put your hands mm -hmm. up in this motion just in case there's like cctv with no audio so they can see. yeah basically the way to police in this country is obviously know all your powers and policies know all your legislation and you know just just be an honest and, and good cop, you know, yeah. and, 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 and know what you're doing and know it's right. And, and if you know how to write a good set of notes, just in case this situation does go caught, you know, and I was really good at that. I was really yeah. good at writing notes. I would make sure my notes had no loopholes for, right. for any lawyer or solicitor to, to rip through because the way it works here, is you could go court for um, I don't know assault, but then if 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 you got something in your notes where you know you slipped up on something, whether it was to caution the 
the suspect, basically, you know, like reading them their rights. And if you did that and not put the time on it, and then the lawyer picks that up, he can spend one whole day grilling you in court about why didn't you put the time on when you cautioned him. You know, it's got nothing to do with the assault. It's got nothing yeah. to do why we're here. But he will grill you because he's found the loophole in your notes. And then he will try and present that to the jury or judge or magistrate. Um, if, if, if you were this incompetent to put your time in caution, how do we know the rest of the story is, is that you're saying is, is plausible? I'm glad to know that that doesn't happen just here. Because it's the same here. I mean, it is, you know, if you, if you, we have the standard field sobriety test for a drunk driver, you know, and it's a standard for a reason. There are very specific words that are used. And if you switch a word out or, or do things in another order, then it's, well, clearly you don't know how to do your job because, you know, you, you didn't do it in the, the, the proper order. It's a standard yeah. test. Everybody, you know, so I, I'm glad that, that it's not just us that get tore up in court and everything for this. So that's why like, I was always good at that and made sure, because I've realized from early on, this is what it's really about, you know? Right. So like, obviously, like, I mean, it's about, you know, helping and protecting people and, and you know, yeah. dealing with stuff. But I mean, like when, when you get pulled up in a situation like that, if you're covered in that sense, then you've got nothing to worry about. Cause then I know I'm telling the truth. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not lying, you know? So, all the times I went court and gave evidence, it was always a positive outcome for me, apart from one guy who, um, you know, I can't really talk about it as much because um, I'm still sworn to the secrecy. Act. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, even the justice system here, I'll, I'll, I'll openly say it's not great. It's not yeah. great here, you know. Um, but well, just, it's, it's not great here either. <laughs> I can I mean, tell you that it's. I mean, like, I just look at it as, you know, it, it helped educate me on that side because I I did originally grow up on the streets. You know, I grew up yeah. on the streets of London with my mates. We were we were getting in, you know, loads of trouble. You know, luckily yeah. I was always the one that got away from the police. <laughs> Believe it. Or not. I was I was I was the one. I've never ever been caught or arrested for any. Yeah. Of the things I did when I was young with all my mates, you know, some of them did, but I was just fortunate and grateful enough that I didn't. So, yeah. Um, so I know what it was like on that side, you know, and, and that was another reason why I left this playing up to this, because when I was younger, like we feared police, man, when I was young, you know, like if, if, if I didn't have nothing on me, then I, I wouldn't really give, a shit walking past uh, a police officer. I really wouldn't care. I'm just like he's just doing his job. I, I never hated police though. Like, yeah, there's lo like a lot of like my other old friends. They're like, oh, you know, fuck the police, this and that. I I'm like, look, if I ain't got nothing on me, why should I hate the guy or woman? Yeah, I ain't got nothing on me. But when I did have stuff on me, I was like, shit, you know, I better divert this way because this and that. But not even that. Like, from being a Met police officer and 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 talking to some of the we call them old sweats 
meaning um like you know they've been in the job for like 15 years or something uh all we call them old salt yeah so basically yeah. well sweat has got salt in it so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah same thing same thing <laughs> so um like they, from what i gathered police back then were known as a force whereas mm. now it's a service so like back then it was like the metropolitan police force now it's like a metropolitan police service so like they they that's interesting yeah so they took away a lot of the powers that the police had they're like you know you gotta really be able to justify everything yeah. you do now which is which is totally understandable because absolutely you know, there was there was a lot of look, i ain't gonna lie to you yeah this is like any job i've worked my first ever job, I was 16, I was spraying cars. Or the, bearing in mind, I've, I grew up since my dad had the kebab shop since I was five. So I've always been in like around the business and, and mm-hmm. like work, you know. But my first job was spraying cars when I was 16. I've um, I've worked in retail, the paint shop, for four years. I worked in B&Q, another massive retailer for hardware and stuff for, for a year. I've worked uh, a minicab driver. I've I've delivered, I was going to the fruit and veg market three in the morning and, and stocking up the van and going through my delivery drops. I've um, helped clean um, like estate flats, mopping the floors, cleaning the banisters, cleaning the garden use, everything. But like in all the jobs I've done and the police, they will, they will, they will always be dickheads in any job <laughs> I'm being yeah. honest. there's there's always dumb people that don't know what they're doing and and they look at it as you know that I've, I've come across like look, i ain't gonna lie when i first joined the police i was under racial abuse really badly i was under really bad racial abuse by um by my unit my sergeant um and um and some of the old sweats that are on my team you know they made my probation like we we, when we joined we got a two-year probation so like during these two years you basically can't say shit to no one right yeah you can't talk back to a to a to an old sweat just say you You know know your role and shut your mouth yeah basically so that's what it was like and then i went through hell man like i'd done all that training passed all my exams then i joined in on the unit that they put me in and i was they made my life hell man they really really made my life hell and then um because i was part of a transport unit so i'm not i I was like a different entity to the normal police like on on the beat um so i'll deal a lot with traffic stops car accidents and, and and traffic operations and and patrolling the buses and train stations because that's what our role was we was in right basically tfl transport for london paid the met for this unit basically oh. so that's how that worked and then um but they said no you need to go on response team to 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 really learn the bread and butter of policing here yeah you know and i was in Harringay borough and that's that's one of the top roughest boroughs in london you know it's quite big as well um so then um they sent me there uh to the response team which is like 999 response um and i loved it 
yeah. all the all my whole team, a lot of them were like young guys and girls like me. Um, a lot of ethnic uh, people in my unit. The, we had three sergeants per team. They were all sound. They were all cool people. And I didn't want to go back. They only put me on there for a month attachment. Four months mm. later, I'm still there because I'm just sending an email back to my sergeant. I'm really learning a lot of uh, good stuff here. I think, it, yeah. I think, um, you know, me coming back would prevent me from learning more and being a better cop. So you can't say no to that. You know, right. I, I, you had to think smart, even with your supervisors. Like that's, that's the reality of it, you know, which I think is a shame, you know, like, but it's just the way it is. And then some officers, you know, that I've come across, um, the way I've seen them handle things and situations and like they're, they're really abusing their power, you know, and, and, and the way you're oh, doing yeah. it is wrong, you know, like it, it does happen. Like I just want to put that out there that it, it really shows that, you know, that police are just humans as well. So like, if you go into, mm-hmm. if you go into, I don't know, a bookshop and one of the book, workers were really rude to you and you know they treated their customer wrong that doesn't mean there won't be any like that in the police force right do you see what i mean so that you know i came across a lot of you know other officers that really like they were i remember there was one where they were like the the there was a fight on the street and um by two by two guys and like you know they were they were really kicking off and this and that and then the guy that like he weren't really on my unit but like we was on we call it aid which is where they they get randomly select bunch of officers from different um different um what's the word i'm looking for man different departments and and okay. you've got to go do an aid where you, they all throw you on one big bus and you're all doing an aid like operation where where you know you got a I don't know whether it's to pre- like show presence to prevent crime in this area or something like right. That. And then like you know you you really get to see who's who's incompetent and who's competent and knows what they're doing you know and like I feel sorry for the people that have to deal with incompetent officers and unfortunately in in the Met there's loads of them. And, you know, mm. then um, I mean, like, I, I I did enjoy the job to some degree. I miss a lot of people. That's the yeah. like, I would always say that I mean, there's a lot of people that I worked with that I still speak with, and like, you know, they're 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 really cool people. Do you know what I mean? And good people. Um, but then, like I said, when we I was young, we feared the police. Now, like when you when I have to deal with some of the college kids and this and that, there's no respect. Because oh, of, yeah. because of a lot of the incompetent idiots that are doing the job wrong, giving yeah. all of us a bad name because we're in yep. the same uniform. And that you know, that's what I was going to get into was like I I've always worked for smaller departments. I've never been a part of a of a large metropolitan, you know, hundreds of officers, you know. So you know when we say like out of every 100, there's going to be a bad egg or whatever. And, mm. you know, people are like, well, that's unacceptable. And it's like, you're absolutely right. It is unacceptable. No one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that. Yeah. And luckily I, I have never to my knowledge that I can recall been in an incident with another officer 
and been like, dude, you're going too far. Or, you know, we can't like, you know, we, we are, especially the department that I work on, we pride ourselves in making sure that, you know, we're not violating people's, you know, civil rights and, and everything. We have to do the job by the book. And, and a lot of that, I think, stems from the body cams, which I absolutely love. Did you guys have them? Yeah, I mean, I joined before that come out. And then, then when they yeah. issued them, I was, I remember there was a divide. A lot of people like, oh, no, I don't agree with it. This, that. Yeah, that's because yeah. you can't do your job properly. Exactly. That's, that's what I That's because you can't do your job properly. I think it's good because now it shows like, because if, if, if we're having an altercation on the street with no body cams and a suspect strikes me and then I strike him back and knock him out and a few of his teeth out, who's it going to look bad on? Yeah. Me. Exactly. And in court, he can if there weren't no cctv or anything he could say no i didn't strike the officer exactly now we'll be in a back and forward debate whereas on body cam i got everything yeah i mean i know i know how i know all the the lines to give for whether you're stopping and searching whatever you're doing whether you're arresting for whatever you know i was good at my job even though like even i was going more towards a detective level like even the sergeant who hated me and i hated him you know, and he was like treating me like shit. When I was dealing with one case, even he said it. He goes, "You know what? Because I think you'll be a good detective. It'll be something to look yeah. into after your probation's done." But then it's, um, like I said again, then it was when I've started realizing, look, man, officers here aren't aren't respected. We've got too much of a bad name. Um, you know, and these these. These young youths from college schools, they don't give a shit whether you're oh, no. you're standing right there. They don't really care. Whereas back in my day, if I had something on me and I'm doing something and I see an officer that way, I'm going that way. Yeah. You know, I'm not hanging around. And you you recognize so, that as a cop, you would say, yeah. that dude's that dude's dipping me. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? But some of them don't even dip. They just stay yeah. there and carry on being antisocial, uh, mm-hmm. annoying all the, the public residents who live there, being loud and this, that, and they don't listen to nothing. Yeah. And then when I had my son, I remember I had my son and then... Um, I remember I was sitting outside in the yard in, in, in the police station. I was I was having a cigarette and I was just thinking, I go, you know what? Like this this ain't for me anymore because I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is an officer saying, I don't feel safe anymore. You know, because this is the level it's come to. And then and then they they decided to increase our workload by not giving certain level of crimes to detectives to, to finish off. Yep, the patrol's starting to do it. And then I was just like, you know what, sod this, man. And then I found um, the application to join the trains, man, which was only a year contract. It was yeah. five hours less a month and six grand more. So... I was like, for, le- for less work. Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna do it, you know. And I've yeah. Done it. And then I was, and then after my training, maybe I'll go viral. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> and then after that, that happened. Yeah, man. And you know what was crazy? I tell you, this is was so crazy. This bit here, believe it or not, man. I was sitting down. My my boy was sleeping. It was me and my wife on the couch. And um, I remember 
we're watching the news. And then first thing it shows was a Met police officer who'd done a routine stop on a, on a, on a guy with a van. And this guy, like, it shows his body cam footage. You know, mm-hmm. the, guy, the guy that they stopped is getting, you know, really irated and, and, and getting aggressive. He went back to the van, like the door was open, passenger side. He went back to the van and pulled out a machete and started hacking the officer. Mm-hmm. The guy had cuts on his head, lip, you know. Was... And then I was like, fuck, man. I was like, Sam, I go to my wife. That could have been me. Mm-hmm. And then two minutes later, it shows me on the news. For oh, no kidding. Yeah, same news podcast. Wow. A Met officer getting hacked from a routine stop. And then it shows me going viral for doing my boxing and that stuff. Well, you know, they, they ruined people's day by showing a cop getting hacked to pieces and then we got to yeah. make it better. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that, that's when it really hit me. I was like, you know, I, I think I'm, I made the right move, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think people realize how, how dangerous the job is. I mean, you know, because we'll get a bunch of people that always say, well, they knew what they signed up for. And it's like, look, I didn't sign up to get shot at or stabbed or what, you know, I signed up to make a difference. I signed up to help my community. And, you know, when you're serving an ungrateful one, it's even more difficult. And, you know, props to the guys out there and like, you know, in in London doing, doing those things in that area, you know, in the NYPD, LAPD, the the folks that, that don't really appreciate the amount of, uh, the amount of hard work and dedication that these men and women out there do. Um, I think people forget about it and it's uh, we're at, we're at a, a tipping point in law enforcement right now. And uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough all around. And, you know, like, like you said, I always liked body cams because I do my job and I do it right. Yeah. And, and you this ain't is got just, nothing to worry about. Yeah. I don't care. You, you watch it all day long. I don't care. You know, you're not going to find anything on me. That was, that was, I didn't, yeah. I didn't join to violate people's rights and, and do all that. I didn't even join to write tickets. I hate writing tickets. Mm. You know, it's I I wanted to do something better. And you know, then, that's, that's interesting. But then the stuff we're doing and like, you know, the people that that are like, oh, I hate the police, this and that, you know, stuff like that. Like, do you realize what else we go through? Like, you know, like the amount of times I've come home and like my wife's like, How was your day? And I was just like, you know. There was a sudden death. Mm-hmm. We've gone into a house, dead there for five days with a, a, a surgical bag coming out of her stomach because she had health problems. She's yeah. decomposed. Like you can't even know, you can't even make out her face. The house yep. is in a tip. The smell, you never forget the smell. Nope. Um, you know, and 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 the house is is in a tip all paperwork it's all dirty everywhere um you know and i'm there for five hours with no your uniform smells like it and you know i'm there for five hours i'm waiting for the council to come to uh no i'm also waiting for the coroners to come to take the body waiting Mm -hmm. for then i gotta wait for the council to come to board up the house again because obviously from the officers that were there on scene first they smashed the door open right um and then, like, you know, I'm there five hours, man. So I need to I need to use the toilet. 
the toilet's right there. I'm using it. And then the, there's a dead body behind me on the floor. Yeah. It's been there for five days. Yeah. You know? And like people, like a lot of these people, like, I know there's a lot of people that hate police, but like, bro, like think of what these guys actually go through. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just as I was about to finish a shift, a last call comes out literally right around the corner from where me and my partner were. It's a rape. Mm-hmm. So I had to go in, you know, and speak to this girl. She's just been raped. I'm taking DNA from her fingernails and stuff. Like, yeah, come on. Like, and then, if, and if, then if you're expected to it, just go home and it? shut it off. Yeah, exactly. If we're not doing somebody's got to do it. What if that was one of your nieces or, or or it was your sister that got raped? Yeah. You know, you would you would be grateful for the officer to come and, and do everything he can to match the DNA to get this like get this cunt fucking evicted. I mean, in court, get get served justice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a catch twenty two, man. It is, man. Damned if we do, damned if we don't. And you know, you're, 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 this is choir practice, essentially. I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. It's, we all know that feeling. All of us that have done the job know that feeling of, you know, we're expected to to do this and see these horrible things but, and then yeah. go home and just be okay. Yeah, you know, that, like on my first shift working for the trains, a guy has a heart attack on the train and dies at my station. My first wow. shift where I'm fully licensed, like I don't need, uh, we called it shadowing where I'd need yeah. like a person to shadow me to make sure I'm doing everything right. I passed it. I got my license, everything. My first shift, no shadowing. Uh, a guy dies on the train. He was from China with his wife and uh, they were only over in the UK sightseeing tour- and touring. Oh my a guy gosh. dies on, on a heart attack and then on the train. And then, um, you know, and, and that was another good thing that I, I, I thought, hold on but like the company itself the dlr the the support they gave all the staff were amazing yeah they're like come you don't have to come work today come to the office we've got someone to come in to talk to you a lot about mental health and things like that oh wow and i was like man i've seen 10 times more fucked up shit (laughs) and not once did any of like anyone in the police or met thing say if you need yeah. help come come here like well, we can help you from what you've seen of what you've experienced right and then at the how time, long ago was that when you were when you were a cop how long ago was that uh i left in i left in 2019 oh no kidding wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 2019 i was i was i joined 2015 october 25th 2015 i remember that's when i took the oath and then 2019 yeah i left and then i joined the trains yeah uh, and then when that did happen on the train you know people were like are you okay are you okay Hus? you okay i go yeah I've, I've seen worse shit man i'm fine i used to be a cop yeah you know yeah definitely i mean it's yeah i mean i i've told the story before my first day as an intern i had to listen to some guy burn to death in a car accident fuck so it's like, you know, I'm scarred from that <laughs> forever, you know, and it's like, you know, people just don't realize the amount of stuff that that happens and we see. But and then you know what the, the fucked up thing about it is all the things we've seen 
and, and, and all the things we've gone through, we can think like, you know, yeah, we, we're sort of like trained to it, you know, and, 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 you know, know that this is what we see and this is what we experience. And like, you, we sort of know how to psychologically block it out and go home to our families. Like it was just another normal day at work. Yeah. We compartmentalize it, but something can happen. That's totally unrelated where yep. something really affects you whether it could be mental health or anxiety then all those ghosts start coming back yeah opens up that closet door and the skeleton start yeah, walking out bro. and then, then you just like start thinking like i'm watching tv but i'm not seeing the tv yeah do you see what i mean and, i know exactly what you mean and and you know if if all to those people that hate police officers if you can't uh, realize or, or see this is what good cops go through then man I, I don't even know what to say to these people man yeah you know, some people are just hateful I mean that's you know the, the devil's working hard right now on spreading hate and and I, I think that's a lot of it people are just brash on the internet because they can be you know they I, I just talked about it on my last episode with with uh, Ariel Freeman. Um, you know, I was saying like, you know, the hate for police has always been there. It's just louder now because mm. people have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and this it's not and that. Only that. It's like it's, it's, if one person does something, it opens the door for everyone else to follow. You know, they, yep. they wait for that one person. You know, yep. that's, that's they're lemmings. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's always like yeah. That. That's that's the way it is, unfortunately. Um, I I sent you a couple of uh, things, a couple of quotes. <laughs> we're gonna change the we're gonna change the subject, and we're gonna make people happy again. Right, I go. want you to read those inspirational quotes as Arnold. <laughs> right. Where did you send it on? On on WhatsApp. On WhatsApp. Right. Let's let's have a look. Let's go. Let's have a I sent you some websites with them. Okay, the first one. Okay, you're ready. Yeah. Right. Hi, everybody. If you just tuned in, this is Caffeine and Sarcasm with Logan Campbell here. Everyone give him a round of applause. Come on. <laughs> right. First quote here. I want someone who would look at me the same way I look at chocolate cake come on <laughs> i will terminate this cake in my stomach <laughs> oh man let's go to the next one right <clears throat> age is something that doesn't matter unless you are a cheese <laughs> that was brilliant Oh man, that was. I'm telling you, dude, if you did this on TikTok, it would explode. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna do them, man. I'm gonna do them. I'm doing it right. Third one. Let's see what the third one is. Maybe you should eat some makeup so you can be pretty on the inside, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, that reminds me. That reminds me of uh, have you seen Raw Deal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when he when 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 his wife throws the cake? It, it, oh my! It, it, because you should not drink and bake. <laughs> <laughs> that one's legend. 
I've got, oh I got a question for you. Yeah, man. What's your favorite Arnold film? All right, name uh, top three. Top, top three. three. All right. Um, obviously, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is, yeah. is the, the gold standard. I mean, a lot of people really like the original Terminator, but Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the uh, gold standard. That is I the think. best one out of all of them. It, yeah. it is. It's just, and it's for a sequel to be better than the original, that's really pushing it, but it yeah, was definitely. so good. Um, I really, really enjoy End of Days. End of Days, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Aquinas, you choir boy. <laughs> you fucking choir boy compared to me. A choir boy. Yes. You just that fuck one. with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He wakes up in the morning and, and he puts like Chinese food and protein powder in a in a blender and drinks it. <laughs> like it just it kills me. Um yeah. Predator. I love Predator, the Predators, original. I mean, Predator is badass. It was so good. Billy, you know, he has find me a way out of this hole. Just got Billy so spooked. He has so many, you know, Commando is good, Total Recall, Eraser. Yeah. I you know, I think people forget about Eraser. Yeah, um, Eraser. You have been erased. Yeah. I mean, he just has so many good movies. And you know, even, you, uh, you still haven't named my favorite of all time. I, I like Kindergarten Cop too. That's good. Still not that, my that favorite. That was a good one. Which one's your favorite? Red Heat. Oh, cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. He, he, he takes that that, that prosthetic leg. Prosthetic yeah. leg. Yeah. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah, with he's James like playing Bush. a Russian. Yeah, man. His name's Danko. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I when he goes, about that. he goes into the hotel and he goes, "Your name?" He goes, "Danko," and he goes, "You're welcome." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one and uh, oh, what is it? Hercules in New York. You when know, I've like, only seen that once. Oh man, the, the best it. line in it when he, he goes up to the the car and he's like, fine chariot, but where are the horses? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They Classic. They originally dubbed his voice for the original, but I think they've re-released it with Arnold's voice now. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. the trailer to it. Yeah. They they released it with his real voice now. Wow. I read his book, his autobiography, uh, Total Recall. And it, I mean, it's like, it's thick. It took forever for me to finish, but his, his life story is wild, man. Yeah. It's absolutely wild. Um, But yeah, man, Red Heat for me. Yeah. I love that film, man. That's my favorite. Dude, it's sad that he's getting so old. Like, like, you know, you look back at the, the old movies and like Kindergarten Cop and, uh, oh, what's the, the Christmas movie where he plays Turbo Man. Jingle all the way. Turbo Jingle Man. all the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a pervert. I'm just looking for a Turbo Man doll. <laughs> That's Put brilliant. the cookie we... down. Yeah, now, who told you you could eat my cookies? <laughs> That's wicked. Oh, my God. That, dude, one, that, that, that is a good film. That is. It's such a good movie. I watch it every Christmas without fail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. fail, as soon as my Christmas tree is up, there'll be a time yep. where I sit down and jingle all the way it gets put on. Jingle all the way, dude. Have you? Are you? Do you like uh, metal rock? Like heavy metal music? 
Uh, I grew up on Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, okay. um, and and maybe a touch of Aerosmith ish. That yeah, was, that that's was, that that's was my favorite it. band of all time is Aerosmith. Yeah, um, that, but there's yeah, there is a Iron band. Maiden. There was a bit of Iron Maiden. I remember. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I like Iron yeah. Maiden. Um, there is a band that is actually comprised of the band members from As I Lay Dying. And they are called Austrian Death Machine. So right, they take okay. they take Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes and write songs about them. Oh, and in their their metal songs, like there's a song called "Get to the Chopper," and to you the know, chopper. I I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Your motorcycle. And yeah. d- dude, this band is hysterical. I'll I'll send you a link to their stuff that you would well, love they, it because they they, they, they have they a guy get me on a track, man. <laughs> Yeah, dude. When they have a guy that does an Arnold voice in the background, oh, like, wow. yeah. And so there's this one track. I don't know what what it is. It's like a an in between songs where it's somebody leaving a voicemail on Arnold Schwarzenegger's phone, but it's it's dueling Arnold's. There's two different Arnold's, and it's I'll kill you. No, you won't. It's me. You're my clone. And it's like, dude, it's hysterical. Oh, I have to send it to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Thank you for jumping on. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad that we were able to put this together. No problem, man. Like, where can where can everybody reach you and see your stuff and and listen to your amazing voice? Uh, Instagram, man. I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, yeah, just Hus Ragip, H U S R A G I P. Yeah, but yeah, and I'll man. tag you and I'll put you in my little uh, description for the podcast. Yeah, but, man. Dude, I'm glad that we got hooked up. This was fun. Yeah, definitely, man. I'd like to do it again, man. Because like when I saw your episode with uh, Simbo on Fire, yeah. you guys were like, I was doing some 3D artwork, and I thought, let me just put it, pop it open, and I was listening yeah. to it while I was doing my artwork, and I was like, man, I wish I was in this conversation. Man. <laughs> Everything you guys were like, Dragon Ball and anime. Oh yeah. Man. Oh, can you do the Dragon Ball voice? Can you do the the announcer voice for him? Next time on Dragon Ball Z, Frieza <laughs> takes on Goku. That's basically, you know who that is? That's the same voice as Captain Ginyu. Yes, I yes. knew that. Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy that does Captain Ginyu. The Ginyu Force. <laughs> yeah, Jace. Oh, I'm Jace. Goldo. Riku. <laughs> All them guys, man. Man, I love Dragon Ball. Like yeah, Dragon man. Ball, Dragon Ball mate, like, has played a big influence on everything that I'm doing. Even the yeah. film I'm writing now. You know, I'm writing a feature film. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing a feature film, man. And um, I'm designing some artwork for it. And like, the mate that I mentioned that works in the gaming industry. Yeah. Uh, he said, man, because we went film school together. Uh, back okay. in 2010. Yeah, we went film school together. He directed two of my short films. Um. He are those said, on YouTube or anything? They're on my Instagram. They're on my uh, Insta- IGTV. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, okay. They're on my IGTV. Um, and he said, man, he goes, because he remembers reading my script at uh, the beginning, like back in the day. And he was like, man, he goes, when you finish that, he goes, I'll do a trailer for you in the Unreal Engine, which they use to make PS5 oh, and, yeah. and, and Xbox games. And then, um, and then we can even turn it into a game potentially so mm-hmm. so i'm just writing that but i'm writing it as a film because that's what i'm trained in and uh but yeah man dragon ball i watch a lot of anime now like even now like before yeah. i come on here i was watching demon slayer it's awesome by the mm. way i recommend checking it out yeah i dude i wish i had more time to watch cartoons but i just 
I, I don't have a whole lot. And, you know, this takes up a lot of my time. And then just, yeah, of you know, kids and life and, yeah. and everything. It's just one of those things. So. But one bucket list anime that I want to name for you that you guys didn't mention is uh, Bleach. Watch Bleach. Bleach. Yeah. Okay. Bleach is, 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 is on the bucket list. Definitely. All right. I, I will definitely check that but you have out. To watch it, I... You have to watch it in Japanese, though. Oh, so I gotta read the the subtitles? Yeah, man, that's the only, ah. that's the right way. You know, I tell you what, Dragon Ball is the only anime I watch in English. Oh yeah, because Goku's voice is a woman's in the I Japanese. Mean, I, I mean, I've watched like, the whole of Dragon Ball Super in Japanese because it was coming out in Japanese first. I remember yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. So I've I've watched it in Japanese. It's like because I can watch anime in Japanese, it weren't that bad. In English dub with uh, Sean Shamel as Goku and King Kai, mm-hmm. and then you got Chris Sabat who does like nine different oh, characters. Vegeta, yeah, dude, Vegeta. his Vegeta is so good. I'm the Prince of All Saiyans, dude. He is Vegeta, dude. You could do. Oh my gosh, your 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 quotes and stuff on TikTok. You're like, I dude, could you could do Vegeta as well, man. Dude, work on Vegeta, dude, because you could. There's definitely a niche out there of people that would want Vegeta to say like completely random things. Yeah, man, <laughs> trust me. I need two They're... spoons in my coffee at once. <laughs> this coffee isn't fit for a Saiyan. Yeah, yeah, dude. dude. Oh my gosh, you know, there's I so much do... potential behind that. Oh uh, man, look, with your help, I'll go 100%. Just, just, yeah. just help me out because I don't understand TikTok. That yeah, much. man, I'll, I'll definitely, yeah. I'll definitely and help then, you and out then with that. I'll, I'll have to do that. I'll have to do that, man. But yeah. I'll just, uh, oh my gosh, that the the potential for that is just absurd. <laughs> oh man, trust me, we do it, man. We do it. We yeah, do it. definitely. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on, ladies thank and gentlemen, Mister Huss Ragip. Thank you very much. Thank you. Man. All right, folks, big thanks to Huss Ragup for jumping on the podcast with me today. We had a blast recording it, and I had I had fun editing it. I was sitting here crying, laughing so hard. Uh, so be sure to show him some support and everything over on Instagram and TikTok and that sort of thing. It's crazy how one thing can make someone go viral. Just one thing. You never know what's going to happen. You know, I talk to a lot of content creators all the time on Instagram and TikTok, and, you know, some folks get kind of frustrated. And, you know, it's like, you know, what's going to be my big break or whatever. You never know, you know, not obviously not everybody's going to have a big break because, you know, I'm, I, I haven't had a big break. I'm not trying to have one, but you never know what could be one. And, and, you know, as long as you're keeping consistent with your content and, and putting out stuff that people enjoy and, and that you enjoy doing, that's, that's what matters. And, you know, he was just doing his job and he went viral and we had a conversation after this interview was done and you know we kind of came to the point where it was like you know we had people on a hook but you know you got to be able to to bring more to them because let's face it people are lazy they want to be entertained and if you're not consistently putting out entertaining content then they're not going to be entertained by it i'm faced with this every single day and i'll be i'll be straight with you that's that's pure honesty i get a little frustrated sometimes because i'm like look, this is good content or whatever, you know, I think it's a good, you know, mindset post or, you know, trying to get people motivated or whatever. And I'll get like a hundred people to like it. And, you know, I get frustrated with it, but you know what? It's okay. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All I'm doing it for is me and to motivate one person. If I can motivate one person per day, 
I'm winning. And it looks like I'm at least motivating one person per day. So thank you to everybody that shows a little bit of support for the show and all that. If you would be interested in subscribing to the show, uh, giving a little bit of money on a monthly subscription, head over to my Anchor website, which is in my links on my Instagram bio, and you can donate to the show, 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. I do have some people uh, supporting me, and I'm so grateful for you all. So that's about all I got. I'm going to stop jarring at your ear. And uh, yeah, be sure to take care of yourselves and each other. Bye.